Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people for 3CR Melbourne. On this week's show, we hear from Friends of the Earth's Anthony Amos about the recently published WA Auditor Report delivering essential services to remote Aboriginal communities, which has raised serious concerns regarding water quality in remote Aboriginal communities in Western Australia. Anthony talks us through the findings of the report and about his further research into the levels of uranium and other contaminants in other parts of Australia. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for joining us on the Radioactive Show today. No worries. Can I just get you to introduce yourself and tell me a bit about your work first? Yeah, well, um, my name's Anthony Amos. I've done stuff with Faye for years, um, and uh, official title, I guess, is a land use researcher. But um, so the last few years, I've been looking at uh, a lot of toxic chemicals, and um, one of those uh, issues has been drinking water, which has inter- in- interested me for some time. Yeah, well, there's a lot to it, and it seems a lot in it. Um, you've recently released a uranium in Australian drinking water snapshot. Can you, first off, um, tell us why you looked into that and did that research? Well, I've been pulling together data from drinking water uh, from communities all around Australia for, on a whole range of substances that are in drinking water. So I've been looking at data that's uh, produced by um, you know, state governments, water authorities, uh, local councils uh, from around the country and just trying to work out what communities are drinking and where and, and trying to better understand what are the main risks to drinking water across Australia. In the throes of that research, um, I've been interested in the uranium uh, issue in, in drinking water supplies because it's not really... People sort of get freaked out if they hear, hear the word uh, uranium. Um, and you know, we're living in an urban environment. And, you know, if there's uranium in drinking water in Melbourne, there'd, there'd, there'd be panic in the streets. So, Absolutely. So when I was compiling this data, I've, I've, I've got a, uh, a pretty long list of stuff that's, that, that's been detected in various water supplies across the country. And then I've got a little... Um, I've got a, a sort of chapter on on, on uranium and, and and radioactive substances in drinking water that that have breached Australian water guidelines. So, just in the context of contaminants, it comes in about 14th in terms of of the amount of communities across Australia that are impacted. Um, and so, I, I was sitting on that data. I also, I collate the Australian drinking water map. So, a lot of my data is on on that map, and I'm trying to c- compile it into a report l- later this year but um, in early June the, the Western Australia Auditor Aud- Aud- published a report delivering essential services to remote Aboriginal communities uh, in Western Australia and for the first time um, they sort of published uh, some information regarding which communities in Western Australia 
had been drink had been exposed to drinking water, you know, above what is regarded as the safe sort of drinking water guideline in Australia. And so I thought, okay, well that's interesting. I'll just combine that with the data I've already got. And yeah, I, I just wrote a blog for the uh, Faux Australia website and I've got a, a fair bit of interest. Pretty scary and it's not something that you hear much about. Now, first off, how does the um, uranium get into the drinking water? Well, almost exclusively with, with these communities is that um, they'll all be relying on bore water. So the, so the uranium is it's, it's naturally in the geology of, of, of where the bores are sunk, essentially. So it's... Um, it's a part of the geological process. So I guess in, in pre-colonisation, uh, Aboriginal communities would have been drinking from sh- from sort of shallower water sources. But mm. then uh, now that they, the you know, you know, bores uh, were were put into the landscape in, uh, to tap sort of deeper groundwater, um, that those bores are actually, um, in some instances, uh, picking up radioactive substances and um, you know, pumping them to the surface where people are consuming them. Wow. It just sounds like they didn't do a proper geological assessment before putting those bores in the ground or a hydrological assessment. Um, yeah, 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 that could be the case. And, and another in- interesting thing is a lot of these communities are really isolated, so so the so the, so the water supplies are quite limited. Um, and I guess you know they people might have thought you know years ago that that the best option for to, to sustain a community is to is to tap into the groundwater. But um, how long the authorities have known that there's uranium contamination is another matter. But um, yeah, it's certainly, I certainly wouldn't want to be drinking any of this uh, water, uh, you know, particularly if it's above guideline level. So I've only really, um, I wrote the blog looking at communities uh, that had sort of been drinking water above what is regarded as, as, as the safe sort of guideline level. Mm. So those levels are determined by the National Health and Medical Research Council and they've got a, a drinking water committee and the level that they recommend um, uh, is uh, 0.017 parts per million. So anything above that is regarded as being unsafe, in inverted commas, and anything below that level is regarded as being safe, in inverted commas. so that's that's so that's the sort of level. So if I would have included communities that were under that level, yeah, there'd be a lot more. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, for, for for what I do and the, and the maps I produce, I'd be there forever if I had every substance sort of below um, below the safe levels. So in in WA, there was uh, one, two, three, about six or seven communities, uh, very remote, um, mainly in the Pilbara. Sort of areas. Uh, there was uh, one in the gold fields, and another one in the Kimberley. So um, they're very remote. They'd be um, small communities of a couple of hundred sort of people, um, and a lot of these remote communities they don't have the political clout, um, you know, or finances to be able to um, uh, lobby for for better drinking water uh, sort of systems. So. Um, a lot of them are isolated, and, uh, and I guess because of that isolation, yeah, they can't um, sort of um, mount a, a really strong sort of push to get um, to get the government to basically change um, 
change the drinking water source or improve the situation for those communities because, uh, you know, the government will be saying, OK, well, we've got a couple of thousand people here, but we've got, you know, five million, say, in Perth that, that will take priority. Mm. Uh, and it's costly. I mean, if you're looking at providing a water treatment process that sort of can get rid of a lot of the uranium, you might be looking at a, you know, uh, a million to $1.5 million in a small community of, you know, of 100 people. And, and, and governments, you know, uh, they're hard line and they don't see that as a, a, a sort of cost-effective option. So, yeah, they only spend that kind of money on locking up refugees. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, um, you know, the situation for these communities is that, you know, it's, it's, it's unheard and, um, you know, if it wasn't for this Auditor uh, General's report, we probably wouldn't know about the situation in WA at all. So they noted, like you said, for the first time really, that there was uranium above acceptable levels in the drinking water in a bunch of communities. Did they come up with any, this is what we're going to do about it, or it was just noted in their report? Did they have any solutions um, or ways forward? It, or It was sort of noted, but it was also, I mean, there was, they, they did do an audit report back in, I think it was 2013, 2014, so they were looking at some changes that had occurred, you know, in those two, two time periods. So in, in, in that time period, you know, the, there was reductions in a lot of communities in regards to E. coli, um, you know, that had been lessened in a, a lot of communities, but this issue of uranium, and then also in a lot of communities over there, uh, nitrate is is also a big a big problem in the drinking water. And um, so the uh, the nitrate and the um, uranium levels uh, were pretty much similar uh, in the two audit sort of periods. Um, whereas a lot of the micro sort of biological problems were being sorted. So it sort of indicates to me that this nitrate uranium issue is a lot harder uh, to, to solve um, and it's probably going to be more 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 costly to solve as well yeah. um, so so the, so the big problems in those little communities is, is a financing the new treatment uh, the new treatment technology and b sourcing alternative supply options yeah so um, and I don't know if people are aware that, you know, so the situation in WA is there's you know, a handful of communities there, but Northern Territory sort of is the, is really the the, uh, the the hot spot for uranium in drinking water. So there's um, probably 15 or 20 communities in the Northern Territory which have recorded, you know, relatively high levels of, um, of uranium and there's been a fair lot of uh, media on the little community north of Alice Springs called Laramba um, and that's probably had the highest levels of uranium in their drinking water there for, it could be decades and you're looking at levels probably two to three times higher than what is regarded as being safe. Uh, so Laramba is... Um, is really uh, it's really the hot spot in, in the country, and there's a couple of other little communities near Laramba, uh, Wallara and, and Wallora, which are also consistently showing um, levels of uranium above what is regarded as being safe. So, and and this isn't just happening like you know once or twice a year; it's happening sort of right across the decade. So. Um, and you've got to look at issues, uh, you know, with long-term exposure to uranium, you, you could be looking at kidney problems, uh, you know, high risk of cancers and, 
Yeah, and stuff it's like that. not just the people immediately affected. This stuff can carry on through generations. Yeah, reproductive issues and DNA damage. So, um, yeah, yeah, the Laramba go, uh, community's really kicked up a fuss about it. Um, and I think the Northern Territory government has announced that there's going to be funding this year to, to try and get a, um, a water treatment facility sort of sorted out for Laramba. But, you know, there's, there's a few other communities there that um, I don't think they're on the priority list. And the other interesting thing about this uranium is that it's been detected in um, Queensland as well. Um, so Queensland and New South Wales are a little bit different to the other states and territories in that it's the local government that's responsible for drinking water. So um, now those local governments mightn't have funding or financing and, and the reporting of um, of stuff like uranium in drinking water mightn't be done at all. So there's been a fair bit of media about... There's a little community in western Queensland called uh, uh, Dajara, or, or Dajara, I'm, I'm not too sure how to pronounce it, but they uh, tested for the first time uranium this year and they found levels almost as high as Laramba in, 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 uh, in their bores at, at, at this small community, about 180 people. That's the first time it's been tested, and it's been assumed that, the, that this stuff's been in the drinking water there for decades, and no one knew about it. Oh, wow. Um, so there's another little commu- a community uh, near there called Yirindangi, or near there, could, could be a few hundred k's away, but that, that's also uh, in the last couple of years reported uh, uranium above guideline levels. And then further to the coast, sort of uh, just south of Mackay, there's a little community called Eaton, which um, had to shut down their water supply for this for, because of the contamination of, 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 of uranium as well. But, but, but generally, if you're looking at uranium you know, at dangerous levels, it's centred right around the, right the centre of Australia, and then there's various isolated communities um, you know, Queensland, even um, South Australia and New South Wales, but it's pretty sporadic. But I'd I'd estimate that there'd be more communities out there, particularly in Queensland and potentially New South Wales, but the local governments aren't testing for it. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Friends of the Earth's Anthony Amos about his research into unacceptable levels of uranium and other contaminants in drinking water in remote communities. I know that the information you got about the affected communities in WA came from that Auditor General's report. Where did the data come from from the communities you talked about in Queensland and the NT, for example? Uh, well, well, NT, so there's... Uh, uh, in uh, in. Northern Territory, there's the Power and Water Corporation. So every year they they produce a sort of annual report, and in that report they'll they'll list uh, sort of water quality sort of uh, issues in, in right across the, you know, uh, the whole the whole gambit of their um, of the communities that they supply. So you know, Laramba and what will our relora, et cetera, um, yeah, uh, the data is published each year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, it's supposed to be each year. I mean, there was a six-year period where the Power and Water Corporation didn't produce the report. Um, so that's how I got the data for Northern Territory. Um, in Queensland, it's tricky. Uh, each council's responsible. So that, uh, in the last few years, the local councils there have to produce drinking water quality drinking water quality management plans 
and in some of those in some of those councils they'll provide um, water quality information as well. Um, in New South Wales uh, it's a bit like Queensland and that um, some of the councils produce this data and some don't. So New South Wales is a bit of a unknown. Yeah. Um, whereas South Australia, uh, that's SA Water, they'll provide data so uh, through FOI uh, you can get hold of the data and in WA, it's generally the Water Corporation, although um, their uh, annual reports aren't that great. Um, and generally, I've been doing FOIs uh, around the country for various substances, but this uranium stuff, I've, it wasn't that hard to find, really. That's good that you get the data relatively easily, but what did you find in there about what the authorities and the various states are planning to do about it? Anything? Well, well, in Queensland, uh, you know, as soon as they found out about what was happening at Dajara, they, they shut the bores down and they started trucking in water. Um, and I was contacted by a, a water trucker up in Alice Springs early last year. He suggested that Laramba and a few of these communities should be supplied by... Um, until they can get a, a safer water supply, they, um, you know, water should, should be trucked in. Mm. Um, into these into these communities rather than having to rely on on this dodgy source. So um, I don't think that's resolved itself for a lot of the Northern Territory communities. But you know that certainly happened at Dajara and at Eaton, this little community near Mackay. The council there immediately sort of stopped the repl- the um, stopped sourcing from those bores, and I think they might have trucked the water in or got an alternative source of water. Uh, but Mackay's near the coast. Out in the desert area, it's a big, a different story. It's, it's hard to hard to get alternative sources. No, it's not like um, a rain tank will fill up very quickly in a lot of those places. No, so um, as far as some of the sort of water treatment technologies, they they say that reverse osmosis is a um, is probably one of the better ways to decrease the amounts of uranium in the um, in the water supply. Um, it 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 it'd get it wouldn't eradicate entirely the uranium, but it would get it to quite low sort of levels. But you know, to to establish a plant like that in a place like Laramba, you're probably looking at two to three million dollars. So it's all up to the NT government, I guess, to um, to sort those problems out. So they've just the NT government's just announced twenty eight million dollars. Uh, so they're going to spend seven seven million for four years to resolve water quality issues in ten northern northern territory communities. So, you know, in terms of drinking water, the priority with these water authorities is to get rid of the microbiological, you know, uh, like E. coli mm. and stuff first. Uh, that's their that's the that's the main game. But there's a whole raft of other substances that can appear from time to time that. Um, aren't really the um, aren't the main focus of of the water authorities so um, and testing so expensive you you'd imagine that they wouldn't be able to be testing for every possible contaminant in there it'd be a judgment call on what got tested for and quite easily some things could be missed uh, yes yeah well, yeah that's that's exactly right so uh, yeah the the water authorities do make an educated guess about what to test for and then um, and they'll spend their what, whatever budget that they've got for water testing on on the stuff that they um, are most concerned about which which generally is is, is e. 
coli is, uh, you know, they're worried about faecal contamination. But so yeah, uranium's sort of sort of down the list. Um, and like I said, in those communities in Queensland, you know, the, uh, the, like that community didn't test for it until this year, and lo and behold, it was there at really quite high levels, some yeah. of the highest record in Australia. So it'd be interesting to um, see what the history of illnesses is in that community and to see if there's any correlation there. Yeah, well, that's the, the, there's a doctor from in WA who was looking at... She was looking at water quality over there and was really worried about nitrate. Um, nitrate levels is about 30 communities or, um, in WA drinking quite high, high levels of nitrate. And the uranium was sort of secondary to that, although it's really important. So, yeah, you'd have to be looking at sort of at gastric problems or even even kidney problems mm. um, and yeah you need an, an epidemiologist to go in and look at the data just to work out if has there been a um, has there been a health problem in in these communities through uh, through exposure um, was that Christine Stokes that you mentioned that, did uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought it might be she's been on the radioactive show before oh uh, okay yeah so that's that that's really good. So I, th- I think the main game with this is, is, is just to shed a light on, on, on the issue and, and just get people thinking about it and trying to get some pressure on these governments to, mm. to spend the resources to get these these this, uh, these water supplies safe and um, so that no one else is exposed to these levels. Yeah. So that's and that's like you said, if it happened in the do. yeah, that's so good. And if you like you said before, if this happened in the city. They they clean up the water instantly, but because it's happening in ab- remote Aboriginal communities with not huge population densities, it's pretty much being ignored, and it's another form of radioactive racism that there's That's not right. political will to help these traditional owners continue to live safely with clean drinking water on their own country. That's right. Um, you know, you, you can imagine if you turn on the Channel Nine News and the bloody whoever it is hosting it says uh, you know uranium's been detected in melbourne's drinking water you'd have panic you'd have a bloody riot so yeah so it is it's it's uh it's environmental racism and um you know and the and the and the governments need to spend the resources to safely provide you know what is the the most essential um ingredient for life yeah and it's a basic human right that's right um, what was the most shocking or surprising thing you found in amongst the research that you've done? Uh, well, I think I think the issue at Laramba. I mean, um, I'm just looking at the graph now. So they, they've been consistently getting uh, higher levels. This is between two to three times high, highest levels in Australia, really, since 2007. So that's uh, and yeah, I presume this has been going on for decades. Mm. Yeah, well, it's the minute um, yeah. they sunk those bores, the uranium would be leaching in. And then how how long did the government know about it? And then what was the cover-up entailed with, you know, this this stuff not, not sort of getting out there and, and people being informed? Yeah, it's a bit um, insidious. If the monitoring has been done on a regular or semi, semi-regular level, then you would think that something should have been done about it. Yeah, well, there was a little community in WA called, called Buddha Windy, which um, near Mekathara up in the Pilbara. So they they found that they had uh, high levels of uranium in their drinking water. This was back in 2009. And actually, I mean, uh, there was about 50 people living there, and then it reduced to about 12. And basically, the, the government was saying, look, 
you guys shouldn't be here, you should move back into Mekatharra. But the people didn't, mm. you know, there was a, a couple of families decided they, they didn't want to go there. So they actually, um, they crowdfunded for um, a new water treatment plant. So they got um, six hydro panels sort of di- uh, uh, a, a donated which, which capture um, sort of water from the air and convert it into drinking water. So um, I think they raised about $26,000 to and then um, and also they got um, they, they funded to get a reverse osmosis treatment plant that they use as a fish farm which is supplied by bore water. So, so that little community of a dozen or so people managed to get a sustainable sort of drinking water sort of system for um, but but crowdfunded. So, mm. so I so I see a sort of an option with if the governments are are, are going to lift their game, maybe sh- uh, the community should be um, sort of in these other communities. Maybe if uh, you know only if the community want to do it is is to actually try and get some um, some crowdfunding, you know done that way and get a situation a little bit similar to what happened at Buddha Windy eventuate. I mean, I think Buddha Windy only had a dozen or so people, but these other communities are bigger than that. So perhaps the um, the, engine, the water supply stuff would be a little bit more technical for larger community, but uh, it could be done with with a, with the right amount of money raised, I think. And it's good that crowdfunding is a you know, potentially successful option, but it really should be the government's responsibility to enable access to clean, safe drinking water for all Australians, regardless of. Oh their, yeah, yeah. Their well, that's right. And, and you know, look at the resources that are coming out of WA. You know, yeah. What was it? Iron ore, billions, a hundred. Hundreds of billions of dollars worth of iron ore, yet they can't. The government there can't get together and provide safe drinking water for, for these handful of communities that are exposed to uranium. It's just, mm. yeah, environmental racism. God, it's rife, horrible. And meanwhile, the mining companies don't pay much tax, if any at all. Um, yes. So what what I'm going to try and do is collate sort of national sort of uh, sort of report. Um, maybe later in the year, and that that'll combine a lot of the data I've got um, and showing what substances in what parts of the country are most problematic. And so, you know, uranium. We're looking at it probably uh, probably I don't know three to four thousand people across Australia would be would be um, exposed to levels you know above guideline levels. But there's a whole range of other stuff in water supplies depending on where you live. Mm. Which are equally sort of um, well, uh, probably not equally, but you know they're above guideline levels as well. So, yeah, if you're in Adelaide or or in some of the regional areas of Victoria, there's other substances that people should be aware of. So, and there's a thing I've put together called the Australian Drinking Water Map. Um, so you can sort of zoom into a, a, a little area that's on that map if, if it's your town or community and, and, it, and any breaches that have happened to the drinking water guidelines will come up. So if your community sort of doesn't come up, it sort of more or less means that we haven't been able to find any breaches for the, uh, in that particular community. It's such important information for people to have to know that their drinking water is safe, Anthony. So thanks so much for doing all this incredible work and for taking the time to speak to us on the Radioactive Show today. No worries, Mara. I'll speak to you soon. 
Thanks so much to Anthony Amos, land use researcher at Friends of the Earth, for taking us through the findings of the WA Auditor Report titled Delivering Essential Services to Remote Aboriginal Communities. This report found unacceptable levels of uranium in drinking water in several remote Aboriginal communities. Anthony's further research has found high levels of uranium in other parts of Australia as well, but a lack of data means the full scale of the problem is unknown. The lack of political will to treat the drinking water is yet another form of environmental racism. To learn more about Anthony's research, go to fo.org.au and search for Uranium in Australian Drinking Water Snapshot. We'll put a link to the WA Auditor Report and Anthony's excellent work on our website and Facebook page. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Ace Nuclear Free Collective in the studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.